Wow. Okay. Take two. Here we are. <laughs> so what is happening? I, 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 I'm, I feel so spoiled. Chris, I have a question for you. Yes. And I think this is something that we can talk about much more in depth later, but put it on the back of your mind, because is this the best three hours of Star Wars television we've ever got? Not television. Star Wars ever that we've ever gotten in any medium? Ooh. Ooh. That's that. Like my gut reaction is heresy. Burn them. <laughs> but um, <laughs> hmm. think about it. You don't have to answer the question, but the question is an interesting one and the question actually begs to be an- the question answered what yeah we we need to answer this question because this is so good it's so good i mean what the hell are we getting i think okay so in the last week sorry i have to lead off darth vader's back he's a <laughs> monster like it's yes. incredible we'll get into everything a little bit more but at, but Last week I was saying that, oh, maybe the penultimate episode or the last episode will have a showdown between Vader and Obi-Wan. Well, like, they'll build up to it or whatever. And they're like, no, we're giving it to you now, next episode. And it's going to be great. And he's going to be, like, the most evil we've ever seen him and the depiction of pure evil. And it's just like, holy crap, what is this? This is so good. Yeah, it, it reminded me of rogue one when vader shows up like that menace is just it's so present and i think maybe that it has something to do with the changing cinematography you know as opposed to the original trilogy of course and maybe some other possibilities um technically on the technical side um but i'm right there with you i I just thought that that was uh, really impressive and i love that you know it is kind of a classic classic um how do you say uh it it is kind of a, a like a classic thing of you know they clash obi-wan gets defeated and i assume when they meet later they will be more eye to eye um but i just i was i was there for it and just seeing anakin or vader i suppose just killing civilians which is not something we've really seen and like force choking obi-wan are you kidding me he's lost a step obi-wan has and it was obviously evident but the way that and it's not even just like the big fight scene and where he just starts we're getting straight into it sorry everyone but (laughs) it's just not only the fact that he you know loses the battle gets force chokes but the way even before he he lights up his lightsaber and how hesitant he is to do it it's just like we've seen and he talks about he is not the same person he tells everyone oh i'm not obi-wan anymore i'm ben and this fight scene makes it clear as day that he is no longer obi-wan kenobi and they've not only told us this now they've shown it to us and what does that mean for the obi-wan that we know and love both in the original trilogy and, well, I don't want to say no and love in the prequels, but the Obi-Wan that we know in the Republic context as well. So this, it's just an incredible, like we're, we're simultaneously giving us such an interesting and amazing set piece with a great drama and battle sequence with it's beautifully shot as well as character development, explaining more and showing more Obi-Wan's state of being at the time and 
also creating a trajectory or a platform on which to build for the end of the show, which is presumably going to be Obi-Wan more in the status of being that he was when he does meet Luke at or in um Rogue One. Not in Rogue One. What is in in, in a uh, new hope? New hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think you you mentioned Obi-Wan when he is like igniting his lightsaber and you can just feel he is he has no confidence. He is so scared and you can just there is never a second where you think you, you can just feel he has no chance against Vader. And that's incredible. I mean, it has been uh, hinted at before that he has lost most of his physical and force powers um but in the uh, in the like concrete face to face duel with vader it becomes as clear as day and it's so impressive and i kind of i like that like you know just seeing obi-wan so down and vader is just so confident and just kicks his ass it has to be said and you know he's he just survives because of a lucky coincidence um and i don't know i think i'm i'm again i'm skipping forward a little bit but i'm so curious what they're going to do with the next episode where he is probably wrecked with like doubt and self-loathing and i'm here for all of it yeah like um it's it's so great. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> uh, um, okay, but before we continue on and talk about other stuff that we love about this episode or things that we don't like potentially, let's just go do a quick plot summary for people who don't know what's happened <laughs> in this episode. And if you honestly, if you don't know what's happened in this episode, why are you still listening? Yeah, like, what are you doing? Exactly. So, um, part three, directed by Deborah Chow again. Uh, written by Joby Harold, Hannah Friedman, and Hussein Amini and Stuart Beatty, a great a great team at this point. Like if they, these guys are writing all this, like kudos to you guys. So in the episode, Vader instructs Riva to find Kenobi, promising to promote her to Grand Inquisitor if she succeeds. Kenobi and Leia's transport lands on the mining planet Mapuzo, and they proceed to the rendezvous point provided by Haja in the previous episode. Finding no one there, they take a ride on an Imperial transport. driven by freck who is side note voiced by zach braff oh nice (laughs) they are discovered and imperial troops are sent to capture them but they receive help from a female imperial officer tala who is a member of an underground network that hides dissidents and outlaws hunted by the empire she escorts them to a secret subterranean passageway but before they can leave Vader and the Inquisitors arrive and begin to harm innocent bystanders to lure Kenobi. Kenobi sends Leia and Tala ahead while he provides a distraction. He is eventually confronted by Vader, who overpowers Kenobi with his force choke and burns him. Tala provides a distraction to save Kenobi, but Leia is intercepted by Riva. What an episode. Top to bottom. Sorry, I muted myself again accidentally. Uh, what an episode. It, it, it like and the way it ends obviously is like oh my god Riva has Leia what the fuck but so many great things I really like Freck I really like Tala uh, especially that like foreshadowing that you can just feel this is a key experience for Leia when she when she asks Tala is it 
is it scary having to pretend and Tala says yes but yes but it's worth it I can help people if I can help people and that is just Leia later on in her life for for a long time um because you know she you it's it is hinted at earlier where where she doesn't like the whole pretend of politics but I can see like in a through line to episode four where she she just does a lot of pretending um to be able to help people in the rebellion and that's just a great retcon yeah they're setting up so much of leia's personality and growth even from her young age it's i this isn't i don't want to say a nitpick but i'm wondering if it's too overt for me um Mm -hmm. because it's quite in our faces in terms of how amazing i mean leia's great in his in this show um leia's great always but it it it's almost to the point where she has no flaws or she has no like it, it's all a clear through line mm. and i'm wondering how they're going to i guess for lack of a better term introduce some grayness to the character but that's because in 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 the original trilogy Leia's great, but she's also kind of an asshole at some times, mm-hmm. right? She's not like this saintly being on top of being this great mind, great leader, all the above that we know and love about Leia. So it's it's really interesting to see what is going to happen. And, and maybe they won't bring anything into it. Maybe this is just me trying and, and searching for things that I potentially don't <laughs> really need. But I think the question begs to be, given because in the end it's still at least for me my the the best characters are the characters that are a little bit gray and have some flaws to them and Mm. i wonder what they're gonna do with leia maybe they don't they don't have to um because leia's great and why am i complaining about this because she's amazing to watch on screen (laughs) yeah for sure what did you think about the whole conversation between obi-wan and leia about uh her parents oh i thought that was heartbreaking um i thought it's interesting that he was like, I wish I could be your father. That's a little strange. Um, but I I think he more meant that I wish Anakin wasn't your father in yeah. a way. Um, but I found it incredible that she's able to kind of read him and know that she he's hiding something from her. And that's, you know, I think a further indication of her force powers or yes. her her nascent force powers. And clever how clever she is just inherently so i really like that conversation honestly because you can also see that it's really important to her who her biological parents are and i don't know if this is another retcon for leia being in the end of episode six being like i always knew you were my brother or something weird like that Mm. like she she had this intuition of some kind but i maybe they're trying to lead towards that as well as that she just can kind of read people and knows things but i think it's more interesting to me just how as a character how much potentially knowing her biological parents means to her and of course it would mean something to Mm -hmm. her but the fact that she's searching for it seeking for it around every corner and can tell that obi-wan has some connection to it is incredible yeah the entire conversation of how does the force feel was oh, so that that conversation. So Sorry. No, 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 no. That no, no. That was an entirely different conversation. But what you just said reminded me of it. The whole that that was that was two separate but both 
great conversations when when leia asks him how does it, how does the force feel and like all we want description of it like you're do you know what it feels like to be afraid in the dark and then suddenly the light comes on and that's exactly how the force feels and i thought that, that was because we've never really we've always heard philosophical points about the force being ever present and in everything and blah 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 but <laughs> but uh you know just like how does it actually feel to use it and be uh, you know able to wield it and i thought that, that was so well done yeah it's like we've gotten so many because star because central to star wars is the apprentice master relationship and so mm. many explanations of what the force is and as you said they're all like you know it's a it's a, it's a binding force of the, the universe or whatever it's very and it's great. <laughs> yeah 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 and it's great fine but this is just so creatively done and the way that he explains it from his position of darkness i think also if you think about it if for someone and i think this is a, a window into obi-wan's psyche and for him the fact that he doesn't have that safety he doesn't feel that safety net because he's cut himself off from the force almost entirely that would break you down as a person and you can it's it's another window into obi-wan's character and how he's just lost he's a lost soul and i think this is it's a reflection of his own personality when he says that he doesn't have he's essentially saying that i have no safety net or i have have never felt safe in the last 10 years and that's incredible it's another way to subtly develop his character and 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 how he's so far down in the dumps about things yeah and you can tell with you know in the very beginning of that conversation how cynical and paranoid he is and i thought that, that was really well done it wasn't over the top it was just like very yeah this this guy has been through a lot and his worldview has definitely suffered <laughs> from it um and yeah i don't know it, it is it is just so strong um so so many great moments if if we're if we're trying to be nitpicky as well like i thought so far, the the one thing that I I, I find like somewhat lacking is that I find if if I think about uh, about the scene with Riva and Obi Wan at the end of the last episode, and maybe Vader and Obi Wan in the darkness, I thought that mm, this is good, but it's like the tension, like this show isn't like absolutely killing it with with whenever there's like a tension-filled moment but that's again a very nitpicky very like high level like what what the fuck am i complaining i'm just like looking for something <laughs> um, but, i yeah. actually somewhat disagree in the sense that the moment where obi-wan is walking down the village hmm. street and just force choking a bunch of people as he slowly walks through the town and trying to lure out obi-wan and obi-wan is kind of you know the battle is about to come essentially i found that moment extremely tense and well done as a tense moment building tension i guess yeah that was good but the the thing that came afterwards when he's just like stumbling around in darkness maybe i was just thinking about that you know vader in the darkness in darkness in rogue one which was just like holy shit um and here it was like not as powerful but still you know again this is just being like i'm just looking for something because i want to criticize something <laughs> you know yeah i see i see what you mean i mean the choreography and the fighting is a little mm. is is not as like robust and i think it's just because mm-hmm. i think my explanation for that in this episode 
I actually totally agree with you what you said on the Reva side. So the last scene from episode two was similar. And I think that's actually, that was well, that wasn't as well done. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this scene, and especially to a point where the choreography wasn't as well done per se, is a reflection more of Obi-Wan's lack of strength and how Anakin is just basically toying with him. He, you can see yeah. that he's not putting everything into it because he knows how weak Obi-Wan is and Obi-Wan can't mm. do anything about it. And it's incredible to me that he does get back to the point where he is in New Hope. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll find out how that happens. I mean, he might just have a training montage. And I love as well, speaking of training, I love that at the very beginning of this episode, he reaches out to Qui-Gon and you can see that he is not quite there. He is just, you know, training to to be able to reach out. Um, but... One thing as well that I was that I was asking myself was why doesn't you, Vader just use the Force after after the whole metal thing is ignited again, and like Obi Wan gets away, he could just easily lift Obi Wan over the flames with his Force powers. But that's maybe again very nitpicky. Um, yeah, I was wondering. I thought he, that they got he got away a little too easy. Yeah, I wonder, and this is like a, I'm really just like gra- I'm grasping at straws to a certain extent, but I wonder if Vader has a problem with fire psychologically. Yeah, and that kind of threw him off. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, he's the one who started the fire to burn Obi Wan, yeah. so yeah. that maybe doesn't work. And but that's I'm a per- that's a perfect example for someone reproducing the violence that was done to them. It's like this is like vengeance for for vader you know this is like getting back at obi-wan who literally left him to burn away on a magma planet um but i also really loved that that the very first exchange between the two of them where obi-wan is very shocked and asks what have you become and vader's response is what you made me and i thought that that was such a it has so many levels that statement and you know, I I could almost sen- feel a sense of abandonment and disappointment at his former master. And I don't know, like it, I just thought that that was like a very powerful, um, powerful statement that I think is gonna haunt, continue to haunt Obi Wan. Yeah, and I think he already feels that to a certain extent that responsibility, mm-hmm. that weight of what Anakin has become, especially after learning that he's still alive. And I think also, not only is it that Anakin is kind of disappointed with his master, I, his former master, I wonder to a certain extent how much he's... it, How much it obviously fuels his desire for revenge... And that Obi-Wan is the manifestation of all the problems of the Jedi. It's not mm. really Obi-Wan when he says you. He's talking about the Jedi, period. And yeah. Obi-Wan is kind of like the clearest um, point of contact for Anakin. Um, and it's kind of has the greatest fall because they had the closest relationship. Because, I mean, in the end, for Anakin, it's really more Mace Windu who made him who he is. But he doesn't care about Your Mace favorite Windu. favorite Jedi. <laughs> The greatest of all Jedi, obviously. <laughs> uh, 
and I, I also, I also, when I saw the probe droid, I was thinking of you as well. Oh, God, oh, that's your favorite droid. <laughs> I mean, like, why did Obi Wan just wait to shoot it? Honestly, what was he thinking? Know. He knows he he served in the Republic Army. He knows what these things are like. I guess they got really developed in the in post in the Empire, but still, like, uh, so annoying. Yeah. One of the things that I'm wondering about, because you did mention Leia's force sensitivity, which I think is a very, very important point. I wonder whether Obi-Wan is going to realize that at some point. And uh, if so, what does he do with it? Does he just let it slide? It's like, oh, that's interesting. Does he, or does he, does he ask himself, do, what do I do about it? Do I, train her do i not like consciously not train her because this obi-wan really reminds me of luke in episode eight who is is grappling with the fact that he trained uh ben which is which is obviously a funny coincidence in terms of naming but um not coincidence obviously but uh yeah so so i thought that that was like a big parallel and luke was obviously definitely had his decision uh of like that's that's it i'm not never gonna train a jedi ever again um and i wonder what obi-wan is gonna do if it comes to that well clearly he doesn't never train a jedi again he's like we he already is in the mentality even in his weekend down state because in episode Mm. one i think he was like we have to train luke right so he still thinks that we need to train luke yeah Um, so it's interesting that he doesn't ever give up on that idea that he could still train a jedi but maybe because he's bigger part of part of the bigger and wider infrastructure of the jedi mm-hmm. when he was younger as opposed to luke when he kind of fails with ben it's sort of all on him as opposed to because like luke and when he's creating the jedi up again it's like he is the the yoda and the windu and the all the and the entire case everything basically so yeah. it all falls on his shoulders so it's very different relationship obviously but it is interesting to see his relationship or obi-wan's relationship with young padawans or young younglings who have force powers so Mm. what a world right what another thing that i was wondering is so reva has leia presumably um yes is she going to bring her to vader because that would be enormously interesting or is she just gonna do her own thing and try to lure obi-wan out that way because if vader got leia that'd be so interesting oh there's no way she brings him to vader right yeah i think it would make sense in terms of the narrative but we've also seen reva that she does her own thing and doesn't really trust anyone else even like someone who's so much higher up the chain than as vader is but uh yeah i i kind of hope that she doesn't uh because that would kind of feel weird in terms of the wider lore of star Wars and history of star wars well i think that like they've they've pushed that reva kind of wants to be the grand inquisitor but i think that her intentions are quite different i think that Mm -hmm. there's something under the the hood there where she's thinking more along personal revenge towards obi-wan and i think that's quite clear that because of her fast that's the motivating factor of her fascination with obi-wan so mm-hmm. i would be very surprised if she brings him over to darth vader but or 
yeah, if she over. when she brings her over to Darth Vader. Yeah. And I'm also very curious because you could tell when as soon as Reva discovered the tunnel, which I thought the whole like tunnels and safe houses for Jedi and other former like Republican people. I thought that that was uh, pretty great. And she she saw that one insignia that was carved into the uh, into the wall. I, I forget what it was looking like, but I kind of thought that that was maybe the Jedi that Tala and Obi-Wan were talking about. So maybe because, because that really threw Reva off guard and you could see like all of these emotions in her face. And I wonder maybe whether that Jedi is as much, if not more so, a target for her than Obi-Wan is. Did we in our Clone Wars watch through skip the arc with Quinlan Voss? I have no idea. Yeah, so Quinlan Voss is um, just a, a, one, another Jedi that's very in tune with nature. I mean, you'll get a little bit more um, when we actually watch the episode. And it, he appears in the episode titled Hunt for Zero in Clone Wars Season 3, Episode 9. And... Now that I'm thinking about it, we definitely skip that as a mm. part of our Star Wars Clone Wars run. But I mean, sorry about that. That's we, okay. I, I think it's like it didn't really seem like it would be relevant, and now of course it is. So, uh, I, I just know he's a Jedi. Like that's fine. I don't yeah, think we get that much more in one episode of Clone Wars. It's so the I only think... thing that it, it is interesting. I did. It is a nice episode just because mm-hmm. it does give his personality a little bit. He's a very unique Jedi, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It gets me a little bit particularly excited to see him moving forward. So is he that hippie Jedi? Yes, he is a hippie yeah, Jedi. Yeah, then we saw that we saw that. Yeah, yeah. We did? Okay, cool. Yeah, he yeah. is the hippie Jedi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, we definitely talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Okay, that rang cool. a bell. Yeah. Just me saying a hippie Jedi? No, I said hippie Jedi. No, oh, no, but but I was thinking like, but wasn't there a what what wasn't there? But like hunt hunt for zero kind of like the title rang a bell. So I was like, wait a second, I know that. Um, so yeah, good, good that we've cleared this up. Um, anyway, back to <laughs> back to Obi Wan. Or I was gonna actually go back to Tala, if that's fine, because yeah, yeah, for sure. I really like her as a character, and I love mm-hmm. how she talks about the Empire in terms of her reasoning for joining, about mm-hmm. how when it stood for something, and how when she came in, she saw how corrupt it was, and her just her vibe as a as a character who has to live within the Empire as a re- rebellion. I don't know if it's even the official rebellion yet, but a rebel spy or mole in the empire is just the most risky thing you can do and is extremely brave of her as a character yeah and i think that is kind of because leia also is saying about like yeah but isn't the empire there to help us and obi-wan rebuffs her tala gives her also like obviously she has some she has some points um yeah and i love i love her character and i'm I mean, I like the actress as well. Uh, I think she portrays her very well. And I don't know, like the character is so intriguing and I hope we uh, find more, uh, uh, find out more about her and her experiences before, during and after joining the Empire. I wonder how much we'll actually get of her background just because mm-hmm. it is a very limited run. But yeah. what's great about the show and what we found is that it's able to 
kind of hint at wider backstories with very little dialogue yeah. and very little space. And it's just an incredible feat of this television show so far. Yeah, and I can't believe we're always we're already halfway through it. My mind is is blown. Honestly, how are we here? It's incredible. Yeah, I'm and it's so forward. sad that we're almost gonna be done. I know three more weeks, but it's gonna be three glorious weeks. I at the end of this show, I was thinking we should rank all Star Wars stuff, uh, just because this show is so good that it's making us, or at least me, rethink everything. So, oh, you mean like every movie, every show, every yeah, and, yeah. Kind of I'm up for that, and let's finally do all of the um um drafts. Uh, potentially, yes. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> or let or let's do the whole like ranking all all Star Wars characters. We did in, something into the like different that. Tiers. Yeah, 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 we'll have yeah. to talk about how we how we like decide to go about ranking stuff um, yeah. in this Star Wars universe. <laughs> 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 oh man, but no, I'm excited, and the next episode I think is going to be amazing. I wonder. So, I mean, in terms of what I expect, I think on one hand, the the next few episodes have to tackle or will tackle Obi Wan rescuing Leia. We know where Leia is in it later on, but how does that happen? How fast does that happen? When is Qui-Gon going to show up? Because that's going to, I think, be the catalyst for Obi-Wan to become more in tune with the Force again and, yeah. you know, elicit his training montage. And I wonder, you know, like, the, if a normal show would kind of push this all back towards the end, but I wonder if we might just get a lot of it next episode. This the show's moving really quickly and I think while I expect so much and they've laid out a very clear potential route for the show to go down, I think that we might be in for a ride that's much faster than we expected. I mean I'm I'm here for all of that. Like I'm I'm just I'm just excited, honestly, and that's like on, <laughs> like that makes me excited. So this is just like a loop of uh, an infinite loop of excitement. Oh, what a quote! I love that. <laughs> I love that quote. Where, where that's that's the episode title right now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I just want get just give me more Vader, just killing yeah. civilians. I love it. <laughs> is that is that uh, Hayden Christensen under that mask? Yeah, it is. And the prosthetics and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. And but still voiced by James Earl Jones. Thank of God. Course. Yeah. What are they going to do when he's not around anymore? So they have developed already, um, and I think they use it in part for this episode, um, a, like a voice technology thing where they can mm. uh, um, mimic the voice of James Earl Jones, like with his consent or whatever. They were able to um, basically make him say anything. <laughs> yeah, because that's not dangerous. It was like nope, how, they, not at how, all. They, how they said with... Um, um, with re with, with Luke in in the Mandalorian, how they use like deep fake and and like AI for that. And I was like, is that really something you want to develop? But like, why do you give like a lot of money uh, into developing that? That is that is like for society. That's probably not a good thing. But anyway, we're getting off track. <laughs> this is now ending on a bad note. I'm sorry. But for Star Wars, it's not a bad thing. Yeah, so. for Star Wars, it's great. That's uh, like I want to hear James Earl Jones in perpetuity. So I want to hear him on my deathbed. <laughs> The last thing you'll ever hear is (laughs) 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 
Anyway, enough about Rashad's deathbed. Um, <laughs> oh my god, we're really loopy now. Um, Great, I love it. This yeah. the show definitely has to get us be loopier and loopier. Yeah. It's just so it's too good. It's too good. <laughs> so if you enjoyed what you heard and want to support the show, Chris, um, what should they do? What should you do? What should the listener? How how can the listener support the show? Dear listener, you know where you're listening to podcasts, whatever that is, like it's an app, it's a website, whatever. Get an app, get an app for real. And then you can you can click some recommendations button or give it a, a star or five stars or a thumbs up or whatever it is. Do that. People can listen to podcasts on the website? Sure. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, That's how okay. I started. Oh. I mean, that was back in 2014, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. you can technically, if uh, a podcast has a, a website and they have like a plugin for a player for the, uh, for the, for an episode, they can just press play. Well, technically, I guess they can also do that on, damn it. I was hoping you would say seriallyhook.com. Because oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> com, where you can find all of our contact information as well. So if you want to reach out, we'd love to hear from you and you can find all of the various ways in which you can do that on that website. Is there anything else? Uh, the show is great. Our show is great. You're great. I'm great. You, dear listener, are great. Everything's great because Obi-Wan is great. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Talk to you next time.